Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, we come before you and we pray that tonight by your kindness and by your grace, through all that you are and all that you have done. My Father, we ask, O Lord, that you open our hearts tonight, open our minds, and Father, cause a renewal to happen through your word. As we sit before you tonight, my Father, let tonight be a night that we remember forever. Be kind to us. And for everybody who's joining by podcast, Father, bless them specially. For everybody who's listening back to this, we pray that you bless them specially. For all that are here, we pray that you bless each person. Most of all, Father, may you be pleased in all things and in all ways. In Jesus's most holy name, amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a fun two weeks and um, it's been a, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a fun two weeks and God is about to be kind. So we're going to start tonight. Um, we're going to reread one of the scriptures that we had read to start because we're changing gear slightly tonight. We're looking at the next phase of what we've been talking about. And we're going to read Matthew chapter 9. And I'm going to read from verses 14 to 17. And I'm going to read in the Amplified Classic Version of the Bible. So that's Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 to 17. And the Bible says the following. Then the disciples of John came to Jesus inquiring, why is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, that is abstain from food and drink as a religious exercise, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus replied to them, can the wedding guests mourn while the bridegroom is still with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of cloth that has not been shrunk on an old garment for such a patch tears away from the garment and a worse rent or tear is made. Verse 17 is our focus, remember. Verse 17 is our focus. Neither is new wine put in old wine skins. For if it is, the skins burst and are torn in pieces and the wine is spilled and the skins are ruined. But new wine is put into fresh wine skins and so both are preserved and so both are preserved and so ladies and gentlemen this is our foundational scriptures is what we're talking about we've been talking about new wine into new wine skins and we've also looked on this journey how god builds a relationship of trust with us at least in um the early phases and so there's a bit too much to review and so i will suggest for everybody if this is your first time and you want to catch up please go to any of your podcasts platforms um do a search for jesus house bible study and you will see the previous episodes pop up and you can go and that will bring you up to speed but each one will be complete in and of itself and so tonight ladies and gentlemen remember the last thing we spoke about last week um we got to the fact that when god fills us he wants to send you and i into any situation where he wants to make a difference and that is the reason why he wants to put new wine into new wineskins and we've identified that the new wine is the lord we've he's referred to as wine he's referred to as water he's referred to as the word but we realize that every single person what this is what god wants to do he wants to fill us so that when he sends us we are able to represent him um, in the same way as if he was present and so that's our prayer and we got to that and we our last scripture at the end of um last week was Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 21 and that was um that's where we stopped now so what we've come to the end of ladies and gentlemen we've come to the point where we've now come to the realization that when the bible speaks about new wine it is speaking about the lord himself god is the new wine he wants to put himself in you and i that's why we were created and that's the beauty of it. And so we come now to a turning point. So that just brings everybody up to speed, at least in the smallest part. And so if we've identified what new wine is, the next question is, so what's a wineskin? 
Because once we understand what a wineskin is, all of a sudden we realize the import or how the new wine filling us can have make literally change our lives. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a look at that from tonight. Um, and so the next scripture that we're going to look at, which will be our foundational scripture for the next two weeks, um, it's a very popular one, especially if you go to Jesus' house. Um, it's our foundational scripture, Matthew chapter 22, reading from 37 to 40. Matthew 22, and we are going to read from 37 to 40. Jesus is speaking, and Jesus is, um, I, I will read this from the Amplified um, Classic Version, and I, you can also read it in the King James or any Bible that you would um, like to use, please feel free and we'll go from there. Okay, all right, um, I'm going to read Matthew 22, 37 to 40. And he replied to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, intellect. Jesus says, this is the great, most important principle and first commandment. Verse 39 says the following, and second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. These two commandments sum up and upon them depend all the law and the prophets. So, ladies and gentlemen, what we realize is when Jesus is speaking about pouring new wine into new wineskins, he's, he's, he's using wine as a image to make it clear to his hearers but his aim or goal is that god wants to put new wine into people and so what constitutes the we could call them containers what constitutes a wine bottle in a human being once we realize we'll understand that this is how god changes our lives so jesus when explaining that this is the most important commandment he says something. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize that, and the Bible says, and this is the first and the great commandment. So what I want you to hold on to is this. When the Bible speaks about your heart, your soul, and your mind, that makes up the real you, the invisible you on the inside. And that is where God wants to pour his new wine. Because remember what we said, that the new wine is God himself. And if that be the case, wherever God himself wants to spend time with you, you realize that must be the place that he's referring to as a wineskin when it comes to a person. We find that that is heart, soul, and mind why let's have a look at a scripture to back that up and then we will will drive that home so that we can we realize it. um looking at god and i'm going to read john chapter one reading from verses one to five and the bible says the following i'm reading from the king james version of the bible the bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god pause for a moment now that's an amazing scripture in and of itself. Therefore, if God is the new wine and God is the word, we realize the very same thing. The, wherever the word goes, that is where the new wine is going to go. We also realize, ladies and gentlemen, that when we looked at God wanting to build a relationship with us through his spirit, um, let's go back to that verse as well. So we understand. Um, I'm going to go into the Old Testament now. And if you could please turn in your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel. Book of Ezekiel, chapter 36. I'm going to start reading from verse 25. I'm going to stop at verse 28. And I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible says the following. The Bible says, then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from your idols. 
and I will cleanse you. A new heart also I will give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Then the Bible says, verse 27, this is critical. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. So the Lord says, I'm going to renew your heart. I'm going to give you a I'm going to revive and give you a fresh spirit. And then I am going to put my spirit, this is God speaking, into your spirit. So we realize God wants to place his word into your heart. We realize that. God wants to place his spirit into your spirit. And so we realize the containers, the containers that we have or that we are, ladies and gentlemen, are our heart, our soul, and our mind. And so we're going to have a look at that. And this is what I want us to understand. So we're going to look at that in detail, that this is where God is going to pour his new wine. The beautiful thing about it is that whenever God puts his word and his spirit into something, he never leaves them the same. And we're going to look at that in detail as we go through each one. And so now we've basically come to the conclusion that, okay, when God is speaking about a wineskin, he's speaking about your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is where the Lord wants to literally pour himself and allow the change to come in our personalities, our characters, and everything we do, and allowing God to do and be all the things that he wants to be. Um, and so that's where we are so we realize just to be clear so before we get to our declaration just to be clear that when the bible is speaking about a new wineskin he's speaking about you and i our heart our soul and our mind so that that's where the transformation is going to take place um in a few moments we're going to take our declaration and whichever country you are in ladies and gentlemen please join us and we are going to what we're going to do is we're going to take our declaration as we have done for over a year now, and we are going to say it, it is primarily focused upon the United Kingdom, but whichever country you are in, please join us as we say our declaration. We are going to say it at 7.14 because the declaration is taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And so we say it at 7.14 in the morning and 7.14 in the evening so that God will hear us and he will heal our land and so ladies and gentlemen it's 7 14 let's take our declaration oh lord we are your people called by your name we humble ourselves and we pray we seek your face we turn from our wicked ways hear from heaven lord forgive our sins and heal our land in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Now comes the declaration. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. And everybody said, amen. You can put an amen into the chat and you can say the amen loud. Whichever country you are in, wherever you are listening to this all over the world, amen. May that be exactly what God wants to do through and for you tonight. Amen. Okay, so now we're looking at God pouring new wine into new wineskins, and we have identified that when it comes to a new wineskin, we're looking at heart, soul, and mind. And our foundational our scripture is Matthew 22, verse 37. And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So when the Lord says, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to bring your heart, your soul, and your mind back to me. And then I will literally fill you with myself. Okay. The beautiful thing about it is, and this is what people wonder when they hear the, the parable, because they feel, well, what if I'm an old wineskin? What can I do? 
What if I'm not a new wineskin? How can I become a new wineskin? This is the beautiful thing about what Jesus said. When Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, the beautiful thing about it is this, ladies and gentlemen, your heart, your soul, and your mind are the three parts of you that are completely redeemable. That means there's nothing in your heart, your soul, or your mind that cannot be restored to God's original state. So that looking at that will allow your heart, soul, and mind to do what God has designed them to do, allowing him to seamlessly flow through you to any situation you're facing. And that's the wonderful news. Each part of us is redeemable. And we're going to look at that now. That's the good news. So what I want you to realize is the new is for you. Because God said, I want to put new wine into new wineskins. The beautiful thing is when God puts new wine into you, he will make you new. And, and I'll, I'll give you one scripture to back that up. Um, one scripture to back that up. And I have noticed a few prayer requests. Thank you very much. I will take them. Thank you very, very much. I will take them um, at towards the end of the service. I haven't, uh, I have noticed them and I will take the prayer, the prayer requests. I will. And so, ladies and gentlemen, could you please turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. The Bible says the following. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become what? New. So ladies and gentlemen, that based upon that scripture, we realize that it is God's desire when he wants to put new wine into new wineskins, he actually takes on the responsibility of making sure that you and I are new. It is a process. It is not an event as we're going to have a look at. But let's look at the three elements. We, we may not cover all of them tonight, but we'll start and then we'll wrap this up over the next couple of weeks. But let's have a look. And this is where all of a sudden the impact of the new wine will come into our lives. And it also, please remember this. When it comes to trusting God, we trust the Lord with our hearts, our souls and our minds. We trust the Lord with our hearts, souls, and minds. So it's going to be a really fun journey. So let's start. Um, we're going to start and look at the first element, and that is Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with your heart. Now, um, just before we dive into that, let's look at something about the love of God. And let's look at what, so we, we can understand what love means. Um, let's look at the love of God, just for clarity. And I'm going to, I'm going to turn in the Bible to 1 John chapter 4. And I'm going to read from 8 to 10. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when the Bible says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind, let's understand what God means by love. First um, John 4, verse 8. First John 4, verse 8. And I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says the following. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And then I'm going to read 9 and 10. I'm going to read them in the, in the King James Version of the Bible. It says, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son to be the propitiation, that is the full and final payment for our sins. Pause for a moment. So ladies and gentlemen, whenever we want to look or look at or understand what love is, we must look at what Jesus Christ is to us and what he achieved and what God achieved by sending him into our lives. And we just read that in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Notice the Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he becomes a new creature. That means the love of God, or, or to put the two together, because the love of God is found clearly in Jesus Christ. Whenever Jesus Christ comes into our life, the Bible says we are literally, we become new. We become a new creature. The beautiful thing about that is if we put those two things together, that means whenever the love of God is introduced into our life, it will not leave us the same way it finds us. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when we are thinking about love, the Lord says, you shall love the Lord. This is how he wants you to, he said, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, I want you to pause for a moment. When God loved us and sent Jesus into our world, notice, Jesus literally enabled us to become what God wanted us to become. He literally changed us from what we were into what God wanted us to be. So the love of God never leaves you the way it finds you. Um, it never leaves you. Um, never leaves you the way it finds you. Never. And the Bible says in the book of Colossians, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, let's drive this point home. So let's drive this point home, ladies and gentlemen, that the love of God will change you. Colossians, that's the book of Colossians. I'll put it into the chat and I'm going to read Colossians 1, verse 13. Colossians 1, verse 13 says the following. Um, I will read... Um, I'm going to read from verse 12 for complete, for, for accuracy, so that we get a, a full picture. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I'll read verse 14 simply because it's fantastic. The Bible says, in whom we have redemption, that is completely being bought back and made free through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Ladies and gentlemen, if I make a statement in English and you translate it into um, Chinese or French or German, notice you take what is and you turn it into something else. You translated into another language that means when we give our lives to christ the bible says the love of god who is jesus christ that's the love of god personified he will translate us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of god's light so what am i trying to drive home when it comes whenever you come in contact with the love of god the love of god will not leave you the same way it finds you. There will always be a change or a transformation. Now, I'll say this. Salvation, ladies and gentlemen, is an event. It happens when you give your lives to Christ. Romans 10, reading from verses 9 and 10, say that, that when you confess the Lord Jesus Christ and you ask him to come into your life, the Bible says, that you are at that point, you are saved, separated and removed from harm. Now, we also realize, but then once that happens, there is a process of transformation, which happens as we walk with the Lord daily. But the love of God never leaves you the same as it finds you. So when we're talking about when God says, you shall love me 
with your heart, your soul, and your mind. He's speaking, ladies and gentlemen, that when you present your heart, your soul, and your mind to him, it will be transformed from what it is into what God wants it to be, because the love of God will never leave you as it finds you. So that means when you, when the Lord says, you shall love me with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, your heart, soul, and mind will change as you love the Lord. So let's put it into a phrase. It's a phrase I coined. Interestingly, it was at the concert, this particular phrase came. It was at the uh, uh, Reconnect concert. We did something called the J Factor, the very first one. And the person who was um, running the show put the mic in front of me and he said, what is love? And he got one or two answers. And when he stuck the mic in front of me, this particular phrase formed in my heart. And I know it's the Holy Ghost. And this is the phrase that love is the sacrificial provision of God's good to another in a way or manner that they may receive it. Because when you look at Jesus Christ, that's what God has done. He has sacrificially provide his, provided his goodness to us in a way or manner that we may receive that love and everybody is included. So he says, whosoever, as you find in John 3, 16, he says, whosoever shall believe that and every person in the world, irrespective, um, irrespective, if you have a question, could you kindly put it in the chat? Kindly put it in the chat. Um, so whosoever believes, whosoever believes, the Bible says you will be saved. That is God put his greatest gift within reach of every single human being. And this is where we get our definition of love. This is where we get our definition of love. And that means love is the sacrificial provision of God's good to another in a way or manner that they may receive it. And so when God says, I want you to love me with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, he's speaking about a process of transformation. That means by the time we are done, your heart, your soul, and your mind will not remain the same. There's going to be a process of transformation. So ladies and gentlemen, why is this important thinking about new wine and new wineskins? It means no one is going to be left out. As long as you walk with the Lord, he's going to literally move you from where you are to where you should be. So whatever God is showing you, whatever God is placing on your heart, whatever God is speaking into your life, whatever construct he's building around you, I want you to do not be afraid. The new is going to bless you. Why? Because God said, my love will not leave you in the way it finds you. I'm going to transform you. And so this is why Jesus said the most important commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Let's put it in context. When we love God, no matter what, God is still God. He's not going to change. So the person who is going to do the changing is you and I. So that forms the foundation of what we're looking at. This is the beautiful thing about the new wine coming into our lives. Um, this is so this is that's the beautiful thing about it. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to look at the first part that the Lord says to love him with. And that's our heart, because this is where God wants to pour the new wine, your heart, your soul and your mind. Let's look at the heart. And so there are two things to note about the heart that we must take into consideration. The first one is its condition, because the condition of your heart will determine whether or not the word of God will find a place in your heart, okay? It will find a place in your heart. The Bible also says, and so that's the first thing. The second thing we need to know about the heart is not only its condition, but what is it filled with? 
And we're going to look at those, we're going to look at that in scripture. So let's look at the condition of your heart, because the condition of your heart is going to determine whether or not God is going to be able to plant his word in your heart. Now, um, earlier this year, we looked at the parable of the sower. And in the parable of the sower, the condition of the heart is laid out really beautifully. Um, and so what we'll do is we're going to look at a few scriptures that talk about the condition of your heart. And this is what I, I, I really hope this gives you confidence. And it is this, no matter the current condition of your heart, as you spend time with your father, word, prayer, worship, obedience, giving, as you spend time with the Lord, He's going to take your heart in whatever condition it is and take it to the condition it should be. Let's see whether that's the case. So let's have a look at a few scriptures. Turn with me, please, to Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 12. And we might, I'm going to pull this up in two versions of the Bible. Hebrews 4 verse 12 and the bible says the following i'll read from the amplified bible oh no i'll read from the king james version of the bible first and the bible says the following for the word of god is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner, that means something that makes clear of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so the Bible says that the word of God is, when the Bible says quick and powerful, let me read that, um, let me read that um, verse, and I'll read that verse in the Amplified Bible. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Ladies and gentlemen, what that means is when you come to the Lord, when he fills himself with, when he fills you with himself, which is new wine. Remember what we said, the new wine is God himself. God is his word. God is his spirit. When he fills that you with himself, there's going to be a change. The Bible says no matter how deep the habit may run, no matter how difficult, no matter how many times you may have fought and failed, the word of God applied to your heart, applied to your life, the Bible says it will eventually separate your heart from the challenges that are around it, allowing it to function the way it is meant to function. The Bible says the word of God is quick. That means it's alive. So when you read the Bible, one verse of scripture, this is why Bible study is so much fun. When you read one verse of scripture, it will come alive and speak to the very situation you are going through. And that's the beauty of the word of God. And what is God doing? He's systematically changing your heart systematically ensuring that your heart can function the way it is now if you let's look at this scripture the bible says that the word of god is sharper than any two-edged sword that means it's going to get past any defense mechanism that we have around our heart now that might be pain that might be a memory that might be an attitude that might be a character flaw that might be um a concept whatsoever it may be the word of god will get in cause a separation allowing your heart to function the way it's meant to function but 
let me not assume this. If I would love to do this, if if we were in, if if this was, if we had time, but I would love to ask you, what's the function or the purpose of your heart? Um, but because of time, let me give you the answer. Please turn in your Bible. Romans 10, verse 10, defines what the function of our heart is. The Bible says the following. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. The purpose of your heart is to believe, to accept as true what God has said with or without evidence that means when we come to god if our heart is in a condition that causes us not to be able to believe what the bible says to us as we spend time with the word as we spend time under his teaching he will slowly work on your heart removing all the things that have caused a hindrance to you believing him until that moment comes when it might be the same promise you've heard four, five, six times, all of a sudden comes alive. And you believe. When you believe, transformation kicks in. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of your heart is to believe. Hebrews 4 verse 12, and the scripture I used was Romans 10 verse 10. Romans 10 verse 10. The Bible says that the, the purpose of your heart is to believe. So the first thing God wants to do when he, you come to him, he wants to ensure your heart is able to believe him. That's step one of the transformation. And so we realize Hebrews 4 verse 12 says the word of God will get in and it will break away anything that is stopping you believing God, thereby stopping you being transformed and enjoying all the things that God has planned for you. The Bible says that the word of God, the, the word of God will come in like a sword and it will separate. You can think of it as a scalpel to use a different um, image. And the reason I say you can think of it as a scalpel is this. If, I, if you wouldn't mind, I know we're going to a lot of scriptures, um, turn with me, ladies and gentlemen, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. And I'm going to read verse 17. Ephesians 6, verse 17. It's fun to put scriptures against scriptures. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is alive, it's sharp, it is energizing, it's piercing, and it separates joints and marrow habits and things that have been formed it shows our character and our nature and you may wonder why ephesians 6 verse 17 explains why the bible says ephesians 6 verse 17 and i'm going to read it from the amplified bible the bible says the following and take the helmet of salvation and the sword that the spirit wields which is the word of God. That means when God puts, when you spend time with God in his word, the Holy Spirit, who's your teacher, begins to work on your heart systematically, separating, removing, taking away what is not meant to be there and allowing it to function the way it is meant to function. And when it does, when that moment comes and the word of God can go straight in transformation, you get the harvest of transformation. But let's look at another scripture that makes it even clearer. Please turn in your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, to Romans chapter two. And we're going to have a look at verse 29, Romans two, verse 29. And I'm I'll read this in, I might read it in two versions. Let's see how we go. Paul is speaking about the, um, about the heart set of a believer. And he says the following, Romans 2.29. But he's a Jew who is one inwardly. 
and true circumcision is of the heart, a spiritual and not a literal matter. His praise is not from men, but from God. So ladies and gentlemen, let's put this in context. When the Lord gets his word, when it comes into, when you spend time studying the Bible, remember what we said about studying the Bible. Let me just run through them really quickly. Read, study, meditate, confess, and act upon. When you do that with the Bible, the Bible says the Holy Spirit circumcises. That means cuts away what is not necessary, allowing what your heart to function. That's what the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will do. So what God, what when God says, you shall love me with all your heart, the reason he's saying it is it will allow me, God, to get your heart into a condition that will allow it to function. Okay. Last scripture, and, and then we'll we'll I, I'm I'm actually not rushing this bit because this is where the transformation. So let's let's understand. So let's look at one more scripture about the condition of your heart. One more. There are there are ladies and gentlemen. There are there are loads, but we'll look at one more. Um, one of the key things you would hear about um, many people will say is my heart is broken and think about a broken heart a broken heart means i no longer have the ability to trust or believe whether that be members of the opposite sex whether that be parents whether that be authority whether that be in myself whether that be in my circumstances because my heart is broken something has happened that has cause me to be unable to accept as true when someone says it's going to turn out all right, it's going to be good, it's going to work out well. Isaiah 61, reading from verse 1. Isaiah 61, reading from verse 1, and forgive me, this is why I love the Bible. There is no condition that you are facing that God cannot handle. Isaiah 61, verse 1, the Bible says the following. The spirit of the Lord God, this is Isaiah prophesying what the Messiah will come and do. And this is the verse of scripture that Jesus then used to pretty much launch his public ministry. So it's a great verse of scripture. Although they have, um, before Jesus said it, it was written 700 years before. That's how accurate the prophecy was. And the Bible says the following. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Now the Holy Spirit says I should keep going. So I'm going to go on to verse four because it's amazing reading. So I'm going to read to verse four. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. Ladies and gentlemen, our focus, even though that's amazing scripture, and I hopefully that speaks to somebody's situation, that the spirit of the Lord resting upon the word of God is going to cause a transformation to happen in your life. But our focus, ladies and gentlemen, is in verse 1. And our focus is the Bible says God will bind up the brokenhearted, meaning when you bind up, you literally wrap something up to heal it. The only person who can heal a broken heart is the Lord. Why? He made it. And the Bible says that the Lord will bind up the bind up your heart 
that means he will wrap it in such a way so that healing and restoration will happen. The same way a, a, um, a doctor will put a splint on your arm or a leg that's broken and he will immobilize it for a time so that a healing process may happen. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize something. Let's understand the Lord can heal your broken heart. Why? Because he has the material that your heart is made from. And he is able to remake whatever is broken. And so one of the, my favorite scriptures, and we quoted one verse of it earlier, is John chapter one, reading from verses one to five. Verse three is our focus. The Bible says, and I'm, and I'm going to read it for clarity. The Bible says the following, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse two, the same was in the beginning with God. Verse three is our focus. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Pause for a moment. When God wants to restore something, please understand, he has the raw materials that they were made from. So no matter what damage has happened to your heart, no matter what damage has happened to your heart, no matter, no matter what damage has happened to your heart, the Bible says the, your heart was made from the word of God the Bible says in Isaiah 61 God will bind up your heart if it's broken so that he can what apply the word allow the original material to recreate the damage that was done by the time he is done by the time the bandages are taken off you will be able to believe him as if nothing had happened because that's what we call healing. He will heal your broken heart. Now, I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, why is this so important? Because belief is central to our journey as a Christian. Think about it. Another word for belief is trust. So if my heart is broken, trusting the Lord is impossible. And the Lord says, when I put new wine into the first receptor, the first one, that's your heart, I will transform it so that it will do what it's meant to do. That means it will believe my word. Step one. The second thing I want to talk about tonight before we go is what is your heart filled with for a very important reason? Could you please turn in your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, because what your heart is filled with is really important. We're going to have a look at two scriptures. Um, we're going to have a look at two scriptures and I'll go to uh, I'll go to the one that I have second first. Could you please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12, reading from verse 34. I'm, I'm going to read Matthew 12. I'll put it in the chat for you. Matthew 12, verse 34. The reason your heart is so important, ladies and gentlemen, is because of what it does. We've established that the heart is there to believe, to accept as true god's word the second part of that that you find in romans 10 verse 10 but i'll come back to that let me not let me, i'll come back to that let me just stay in a straight line matthew 12 verse 34 the bible says the following jesus is speaking to the pharisees so he's not calling you a generation of vipers he's speaking to the pharisees the people that had set their mind not to believe him that's not you 
The Bible says the following, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? Then he makes a statement that we should never forget. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, ladies and gentlemen, when your heart is, when you believe the word of God, that's stage one. The second stage is that out of the abundance, that means the things that your, hearts are, your heart is filled with, your words come. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart. So think about it. Abundance means that which you have most of or an ex excessive amount. The Bible says it produces your words. Hold that thought, ladies and gentlemen, and let's see what the Lord also says about this particular, um, this particular reality. Turning your Bibles once more to Proverbs 4, reading from verses 20. And I'm going to stop at 23. They're famous scriptures, so that these ones should be fun. But Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23. Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23. And the Bible says the following. I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible, and I will then read the, um, some of what I read to you from the Amplified. Amplified Classic. The Bible says the following. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. This is what the Lord is saying. He's saying, listen, pay attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Verse 22 is key. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Then the Bible says, verse 23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it, are the issues of life, meaning the quality of life you're living, the quality of life we are experiencing, you and I, is determined by the state of our heart because out of our hearts come our words. And we'll come to that in a minute, but the Bible says, Make sure your heart is full of the word of God for two reasons. Notice verse 22, the Bible says, for they are life to those that find them. Or three reasons. They are life unto those that find them. Meaning when you find the word of God and you begin to read, meditate, read, study, meditate, confess, and say the word of God concerning a particular thing or circumstance in your life, the Bible says you will find life. God will step into that situation. So ladies and gentlemen, whosoever I'm talking to, whether that be a marriage, whether that be a business, whether that be your life in and of itself, whether that be your relationships, whether that be your attitude, whether that be the way you achieve things, whether that be the school whether that be home life whatsoever it may be the bible says when you fill your heart with the word of god and you do those things read study meditate confess and act on the bible says the life of god will step into that particular area of your life and that's where we begin to see miraculous transformations but the Bible also says the following. The Bible also says, and health to all their flesh. Health or healing is indicative. Now notice, it says all your flesh, not only your body. It's every part of your life. Where the Bible says health, it means the word used there, ladies and gentlemen, is the word for healing, restoring to an original state, whether that be your body, 
your mind, your emotions, your thoughts, the things around you. Because, ladies and gentlemen, when the word of God fills your heart, it governs your words. And when it governs your words, it governs your life. And so the last thing the Bible says is keep your heart with all diligence. That means guard what goes in and out of your heart. Protect your heart. Let me read that in the Amplified Bible as, we, as we're coming to a close. He says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flow the springs of life. Meaning when your heart is full of the word of God, the words that come out of your mouth are determining the circumstances of life around you. And they are the hinge pins that circumstances turn on. They are the difference between success and failure. They are the difference between life and death. They are the difference between good and evil. Hear me well. The words that you speak make all the difference. And I'll put that in context for you. Um, I'll put that in context for you because I, I, I want to say this and then um, I'll, I do have a couple of prayers to pray. I did promise the, to pray them. Um, please turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 18. And if you could turn to verse 21, the Bible is actually quite clear. And the Bible says the following, Proverbs 18, verse 21, ladies and gentlemen, Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And so ladies and gentlemen, what's the second part of your heart being healed? It will govern the words you say. And the words you say will shape the circumstances of your life around you. When God fills you with himself, he will restore your heart so that it functions the way it's meant to function because then he will cause your words to shape the rest of your life, allowing life, healing, deliverance, and health to find expression in your life. And this is really important. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, when the Lord says, you shall love me with all your heart, it is a process of transformation. How do we love the Lord? We spend time with him. We spend time in the word. We read, study, meditate, confess, and act on the word of God, which kicks off the process of transformation and so ladies and gentlemen this is the first part so this is the this is the this, this is the first part of the wineskin explanation when god wants to do that so what will he do he will heal your heart a healed heart is able to trust the lord because another word for belief is trust I'm going to pause there because we've only got about a minute left and I, I would like to pray. There were two prayers that were laid out. Um, there were two prayers that what one particular prayer that was laid out and I, I did promise to pray. And so ladies and gentlemen, let's pray for, we're praying specifically for somebody's healing. Um, I won't mention their name because this is going all over the world. And Father Almighty God, we lift up the person who has been presented in the chat and father we ask for healing we pray oh lord that father they require an immense amount of healing and we pray that father almighty god as we join our faith together tonight that in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ that particular person experiences the healing that is available in our lord and savior jesus christ we join our faith together and we stand in absolute confidence and lord for anybody else who is on this particular call who is believing you for healing we pray that father that the healing power of your word and the healing power in your name will flood their lives wheresoever they may be and we ask for the miracle of transformation to begin ladies and gentlemen as we close 
If you don't mind, I'm going to just going to say a prayer for everybody and then we'll close. And if you have joined us by podcast, may God bless you and keep you. And my prayer is very simple. My prayer is that in the coming week, the Lord will fill you with his word. He will fill you with his new wine and it will kick off the process of transformation, allowing you to once more believe and say that your heart will believe putting you in a position of righteousness and that you will be able to declare God's word, allowing salvation to come to where you are. The word salvation there is sozo, nothing missing and nothing broken. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of tonight's um, Bible study. We'll continue here. We've still got the soul and the mind to do. It's going to be fun. We'll try and do that next week. I hope you have been blessed. May God keep you. Please, if you would like to listen back to it, listen to it on the podcast. And we'll see you on all our channels over the next few weeks, especially this weekend. We've got mandate coming up and we have a great service on Sunday. And so, ladies and gentlemen, God bless you and have a wonderful evening. 